0: Italian Wine Podcast. Chinchin chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe.
1: Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Warden. My guest today is Patrick Smith. Patrick is a master of wine, and he's also editor-in-chief at The Drinks Business, which is a trade journal uh, based in the UK. And Hong Kong. And Hong Kong. And he also chairs the Publications Annual Awards Programme. Anyway, it's a long, 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 long list of stuff. Anyway, he's editor-in-chief at The Drinks
0: Business. There we go. Thanks, Monty. So how did you
1: get into wine? That wasn't your first career, was it? No, my plan was to be
0: a landscape architect and that never came off. You're the um,
1: first person in the
0: wine trade I knew, I know that wanted to be a landscape architect. What is a landscape architect? It's uh, essentially a, a technique to hide architects' mistakes using plants. That's the way I saw it. Um, my father's an architect, so I'd spent many years looking ah, at some of I his, his designs and thinking I'd rather work with plants than bricks. So you were, you were a bright lad, you went to Oxford University, you passed your Master of Wine first time round. Yep. So essentially the plan was to go into landscaping and retrain as a landscape architect but I ended up writing about horticulture, got into journalism that route, enjoyed writing, moved from writing about plants to writing about booze and sort of stuck with it.
1: Okay, Um, so the drinks business covers not just wine, but other drinks as well. Yeah. And what
0: what is your audience in the UK for that? Well, we serve the trade worldwide, actually. So we're not just only a UK publication. It's about, I suppose, 60%, 70% wine. We write about beer and spirits as well. Because of my passion for wine and our history, we've kind of been more biased towards wine. But we do have another publication called The Spirits Business. So that takes some of the kind of um, emphasis away from spirits, allowing us to write more about wine.
1: So what are the common trends in the drinks industry in general that, that where wine is following and the
0: general trends where wine is really out on its own? We've just printed, this isn't meant to be a big plug for the drinks business, but it's relevant to what I'm about to say. We've just printed our 200th issue of the magazine and as part of that the best way I could see to market was to look back over the trends of the last 17 years which is when we started the drinks business and the one that I felt was the most prominent that encompassed wine but also all drink sectors was sustainability and I think essentially it's really the trend of of the last 10 years and will be the trend of the next 10 years will be the embrace of more sustainable approaches to producing and marketing and selling and distributing wine.
1: So what about the the approaches that you're seeing at the moment in terms of drinks companies across the board uh, marketing themselves as sustainable or doing sustainable stuff?
0: Well it fits into so many different spheres and I deliberately use the word sustainable rather than any other term. Well like organic bio. Exactly um, but it, 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 it obviously encompasses the production element very strongly and the way that you particularly treat your soils um, so that you can grow a crop in the future quite frankly if you're destroying your soils you're drawing, destroying the very basis of your raw material but sustainability could encompass transport particularly I think the biggest proportion of certainly carbon emissions comes with the shipping of wine rather than the production of wine but also packaging Uh, there's an ethical element as well the way you treat your staff the way you manage your business Um, so it encompasses all elements but essentially there are two parts to it one being sustainable you've got to be economically sustainable as well to survive so it's about profitability in the wine industry in the long term but it's also about the consumer quite frankly my view is that consumers looking more closely at the way things are produced if they're not produced sustainably if they're not produced with an ethical and environmental aspect in mind then quite frankly i don't think consumers will continue to buy them right in terms of italy in italian wine, what is the market like in the uk and what is the growth the potential for growth you think and where will that growth come from the market for italy in the uk is unbelievably strong at the moment but i think there's probably one overriding reason for that and that's prosecco And okay, Prosecco is starting to stall. It's reaching saturation, probably reaching saturation point in the UK market. But if you take out Prosecco, um, then I think Italy's still quite dynamic, particularly in the fine wine sector.
1: So when we say fine wine, fine Italian wine, what do we mean by that? Are we talking Sassicaia or are we talking
0: something else? Uh, Sassicaia would be one prominent example of a collectible blue chip Italian wine brand of which they're fairly few I would say fine wine at the drinks business we just define as anything for which there's a secondary market anything that's traded after initial release but if you take the retail model anything over 20-25 pounds and I think Italy is playing very well in the sector of moneyed engaged wine consumers because there's so much to talk about so much to love from Italy.
1: So it's not just about fancy beautiful Italian packaging it's the story behind it is that is that a story of native grape varieties or a story of family histories or something else?
0: I think it's native grapes and I think it's regions and I think it's also the fact that fine wine from Italy or, or great wines from Italy are distinctive and they're very hard to replicate.
1: Yeah, okay. So when you say distinct, well, obviously distinctive, is that because of the varietals that are available or the styling?
0: It's because they are identifiable. If you have a blind tasting and you try something like an Arello Mascalese or a Sangiovese from parts of Tuscany, they really are specific to that one source. And you don't find those same tastes, those same profiles of wines beyond those regions and beyond Italy. And I mean, we were talking about it earlier today, but if you take the great grapes of France, particularly you know, Chardonnay, Pinot, Cabernet, okay, they have particular expressions in the greatest sites of France, but they are planted to a successful level worldwide whereas for some reason the great native grapes of italy when they're transplanted from their home regions don't seem to perform to the same degree or certainly the same style so they've got that usb i think so
1: and what, what what are the pitfalls that they fall into when they're
0: marketing or selling these wines could they have got any suggestions well terms of strangely the usual criticism against yeah. the wine world particularly the italian wine world is that it's fragmented it's diverse it's complicated but actually the trends i'm seeing at the moment is more of an embrace and, and sell Celebration of the niche, the eclectic, eccentric, diverse and distinctive. If anything, people are looking for more detail, something that's more singular. So that actually plays into Italy's hands.
1: So in the way you deliver your journalism, you have a print edition still, Mm -hmm. and you obviously have your own website. How does that work in terms
0: of monetarising? Oh, the big question, can you make money out of the web? Essentially, my view is that we are a publishing brand And like any brand, you want to be, do everything you can to raise awareness. And by raising awareness, you increase your value. And the best way we have found to raise our awareness globally is using the web and not just our website, but the various social media sites and tools that anyone could list. But our core brand, experience is through the printed product and that is very important it's tangible it's a different beast but it's reference material and it has high quality production values and strangely 10 years ago everyone was talking about the death of print our printed business is stronger than ever and we're proud of it but it needs the web we use the web as a very important tool for raising awareness for our printed brand is it privately owned the drinks business it is yes does that help that you've got owners that are easy easy possibly easier to to talk to. Believe I believe in your I think philosophy. what's helped is that our owner has been has had a strong element of foresight. And we were early adopters and early investors in the web. We had, we were doing a lot of work on, a, on, we'd launched our website fully live in 2006 and we were investing heavily from them. As a result, today, really by accident, we've become the biggest online drinks news resource in the world. Despite being what we saw as a, as a publisher of printed magazines for the trade, we've become very powerful online, but it was really through investing heavily in it early on.
1: Also, what is good about your articles online is that they're not hugely long. They're, they they give you just enough. Of, they give you the story without you think, oh, God, I can't read that. I haven't got time to yeah. read it.
0: You get the nuts and bolts of it. So, yeah. I mean, we, as an editor of a drinks magazine, I'm consuming drinks news all the time. And I know what I like and how I like it delivered. And I try and, as a consumer of news, try and replicate that with the news that that we then produce on the drinks business. And it should be exactly that, should be something that's reference material, that's quick to absorb, that has facts, that's accurate. And hopefully, um, is engaging as well. We 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 do pursue a technique of really generating news. It's not just reproducing PR material. Sometimes that does invite criticism, but it also invites comment and page views, which is important.
1: Okay. Final question about your personal interests. Uh, you're into real tennis. Right. You describe it yourself as the archaic
0: sport of real tennis. What is real tennis, and why is it? How is it different from normal tennis? Uh, it's the most extraordinary sport. It's the historic form. Form of tennis and it's played indoors and it uses a very old wooden racket. It uses very heavy clef- cloth balls that have to be made by hand and it's just the most. It's considered the chess of racket sports. It's a very tactical game and it's just a fascinating, endlessly rewarding and wonderful game. It's quite fast, it's quite physical, but it's also technical. And uh, is, it,
1: is it one versus and, and one? lovable?
0: It's, you can play doubles or singles. I mostly play singles, because I like long, to work up a sweat.
1: How long does the game lie? If you're playing, um, you're playing me An hour, one hour, an hour is an the hour. standard, yeah so you play for an hour and at the end whoever's got the most points or something
0: is yeah so it's scored the same way as tennis in terms of you know 15 love 30 love you know deuce 40 all but the actual way you win points on the court is totally different from tennis in fact you can win the point by not even hitting the ball if you get the ball into certain parts of the court so you're you quite a competitive lad then yeah
1: Really, absolutely. But I mean, I know you're a high achiever because you're obviously a driven guy. I mean, you we don't walk into Oxford University and become editor of uh, a successful magazine as the as the drinks business and just pass your MW as if you're picking up a well, a, 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 you know, a, just walking into the exam,
0: sitting down, writing a few notes, and just bang, letter comes through, you've passed. I need, I need, I need a sport to drive me. I right. find it very hard to be driven without competing. Are you competitive um, at home with your wife? Yeah, my wife Is would she, say I'm immensely competitive, unbearably, insufferably competitive. Really? Is she more laid back than you then? No, she's definitely not, no. Because you are quite laid back for a guy that's got a pretty high-powered job. I may be a peer laid back, but underneath it all, there's uh, plenty, of, uh, plenty of tension. Right, so we're have a fist uh, fight after this, Yeah, exactly. So yeah. How many questions <laughs> have I got wrong? Am <laughs> <No. laughs> I all right? I beat my wife once at chess, and she did tell me that if I was a true gent, I would have let her win. But uh, ever since we've competed...
1: Right, so essentially, a competitive family. I suppose it's all driven, um, but also driven doing nice things.
0: Yeah, my wife's not sporty, but I compete with my brothers and friends on that front. Who does the garden? You, landscape architect? Is that, uh, is that your beat, or is that your wife? The garden. This should be me. There's not much time for it. I've d- I poured my. A lot of time and a lot of emotional effort and energy into one garden, and we sold the house. And I made the mistake of going back afterwards and seeing what the subsequent owner did to it. And I decided after that that I wouldn't become too attached to a garden yeah. ever again.
1: I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I've done that with a garden as well. Yeah, it's painful. It is painful. Yeah, you put all that, and it's just painful. Like think about the plants that you've nurtured, and somebody else comes. Oh, I don't like that, and they rip it all up totally. Yep. Anyway, that's a rather elegiac note to end on, I think. Thanks, Monty. To thinking about those poor plants that have been, been uprooted. I want to say thanks to my guest today, Patrick Schmidt, Master of Wine, editor of In Chief at the drinks business. You'd never employ me, would you? Just <laughs> such unprofessionalism. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, there's a reason I work for your rivals. Um, thanks very much for coming in today, Patrick. Um, for an egghead, you were remarkably entertaining. Thank you very much,
0: Monty. i that as a compliment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by native grape odyssey discovering the true essence of high quality wine from europe find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu enjoy it's from europe follow italian wine podcast on facebook and instagram